Welcome to our Kingdom Conversations. Uh, this is our second installment of a new series, Getting to Know the Boards, uh, as we take a, a deeper dive into the Governing Board and the Board of Elders here at St. Luke. And uh, today we have Brian Ray with us. Uh, Brian is the chair of the Governing Board, and uh, he and his wife, Marianne, uh, have been in the congregation for uh, several years now. I think you said joined in 2017. Is that right? I did. Yep. And um, we were talking just before this that I have a hard time remembering when you all weren't part of the congregation. You've just kind of slipped into the life of the church in such a way that has uh, made it seem like you've always been here. And uh, you came from the Chicago area and came to be closer to family. And uh, we're certainly glad to have you um, part of the congregation and, and part of uh, the governing board and part of our conversation today. And uh, kind of the behind the scenes for this conversation, you know, with me transitioning to a senior pastor, I'm going to be learning a lot of new stuff and uh, interfacing with uh, new boards in, in ways that I haven't really done much previously. And we thought this would be a good opportunity uh, for, for uh, us to interview some, some folks on the governing board, board of elders, uh, for me to learn a little bit, but also invite the congregation to, to do that as well. So um, thank you, Brian, for, for being here. And as we get started, how long have you been on the governing board and, and what prompted you to raise your hand and say, yeah, I'll do that? Yeah, yeah. what were you thinking, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's clear up some things. First <laughs> of all, I've been on the board for two and a half years. Um, I've been chairman for a year and a half and I am on the board probably for the same reason that a lot of people serve at St. Luke are. Uh, Pastor Davis asked me. Mm. Um, it wasn't something I raised my hand for. It wasn't well, at some something point you I was... eventually said yes, but yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> yeah. At some point I did. I mean, after, okay. So, you know, he asked and I didn't say yes immediately. You have to think about it. You have to pray about it. You have to talk to your wife about it. Uh, and then you figure, well, how much harm can I do? <laughs> no, it's it. I like serving. I, I like serving with the church. I, I like being a helper more than a leader. Honestly, that's more natural for me. But but after consideration, I, I said, yes, I, I maybe with God's help, I can I can do you know, I can be a servant. So that's basically it. You know, uh, he, he said it was somewhat because I asked him, uh, I would say, you know, we're thinking about the, the board's elders and governing board, and, and uh, it's always a congregation decision, but at some point you have to, you know, encourage people to, to think about it. And I, I, I've always looked for, uh, with a governing board, I, want is, I always wanted especially a diverse background at the mm -hmm. governing board. And in fact, I think it's, you know, Brian hadn't been here all that long and he ends up on the governing board. I think that's not a bad place for mm -hmm. someone kind of new to the church what, what, why I was interested in, in having Brian involved. I mean, seemed like a good guy and all of that, uh, uh, but he was faithful in worship and Bible study. You can't uh, have people doing spiritual things who aren't spiritually uh, uh, settled, but also he had come from a, a different church background, a, a congregation I was aware of that was really, uh, humanly speaking, quite su successful. I know the pastor a little bit and yeah, they have some cool things going on, and they're a multi-site church, mm. and even if Brian wasn't super involved in the leadership there, I'm not sure I, I knew about that. I just thought his background, his experience there somehow would make its way into uh, what we're doing, so uh, 
I always liked a diverse city on the on the board uh, of backgrounds and connections into the community and other things. So his background in that church was particularly interesting to me. Pastor Davis, you always talk about how um, sometimes you, you, you become blind to something the longer you've been around it. And I think that's where having someone with a, a relatively new you know, view of things uh, in a congregation or community might might ask questions to say, hey, what, why do you do this? Or what about that? Or have you considered this? And I, I recall um, early on, Brian asking some of those questions and um, they're, they're, they're generative questions for someone to say, hey, tell me more about this. And then you say, oh yeah, I guess we've never really lifted up the hood and thought about that. So yeah, uh, you and I have talked about egos in check and that's one of the things you have to have because you have a newer guy come on and he says, why in the world are you doing that? And mm -hmm. Brian never said anything like that, but, but you need that kind of a spirit to say, wait, why are you guys doing this? And have you thought about, but that little check on the, on the ego then. Um, so, so to have someone come on uh, helps us learn, but how about you, Brian? What, what have you learned through serving on the board? Well, I certainly knew nothing about policy-based governance. Uh, before I was uh, on the board. In fact, I remember uh, thinking like church councils and church boards uh, don't always have uh, a great reputation or connotation with them, right? <clears throat> you hear about long meetings or arguments or whatever, but one, one cool thing is policy-based governments uh, governance takes away a lot of that. I, we're uh, and we'll probably talk more about this, the policy-based stuff, but the Carver model is, is something that I think is particularly well-suited to church uh, governance. Um, so obviously I've learned, hopefully enough to be uh, conversant, at least in policy-based governance. But one of the cool things also uh, on the governing board, we have something called um, a big picture item, each, each board meeting. And so uh, the Meridian Township police chief visited uh, once and told us what's going on and how they interact with the church. We had the director of the city rescue mission uh, come in and talk. And that was very uh, a good talk. And we learned about uh, what they do. And we, I think maybe as part of that, maybe not, we partner somewhat with them in, in a couple of our uh, ministries. Um, Another thing that we, we did this last year or maybe the year before a little bit was have something called uh, Focused on Ministry. And this was something that Pastor Davis and I had, had talked about. And I was, I was kind of ignorant of the way the church functioned in different ways. And I said, well, you know, how does the community kitchen get its food? Or, or how does the coat bank really work? What's the stuff there? And so uh, he invited the, the leaders of different ministries around the church to come and give a, I don't know, five, 10 minute spiel to the governing board. And I think that was really helpful for me um, and helpful for the other members. We have, a, a, well, at least one new member that's asked the same question recently to me and said, well, how does this stuff work? I'd like to know more. And the board, uh, through serving on the board, that's been really helpful for me to figure out or to, to learn about what's going on uh, behind the scenes a little bit at, at St. Luke. So I've also learned that St. Luke is a, is a strong church. They have a lot of smart, talented people. 
that are willing to pitch in and help. And it's been, uh, it's been, I mean, I want to serve, but it's also been good for me just to see the type of people and the type of church we have through serving on the board. So all good stuff. That's awesome. Now, uh, Brian, you mentioned uh, policy-based governance, uh, the Carver model, and um, I'm guessing several folks, you know, maybe saying, I have no idea what that is. Uh, Pastor Davis, um, this is a dangerous question because I know you're an expert on these things, but could you give us a real kind of brief summation and, and just an overview of what exactly those things are, if people have no idea what that, what we mean by that? Yeah, um, what I, I describe policy-based governance as uh, that the governing board is there to mind, keep track of the big picture. Uh, Pastor Sutton, you often talk about 30,000 foot view. I think that's what the governing board is. It's supposed to be the highest view of what's going on in the community, what's going on in the world, sort of in a general sense, how do we as a congregation, uh, not, yeah, how or uh, in what direction does the congregation go uh, in this, in this um, environment? As opposed to what was the old church council kind of model, which was, uh, each all these boards and they were all managing boards and they would come in and uh, manage the week to week, uh, the month to month thing. And what made for long, sometimes painful meetings would be this board had this in mind, that board had that in mind. And, and they'd spent time in their board meetings. And now at the church council meeting, they spend more time and well, we better get more information. And it paralyzed ministry, took a lot of time, uh, took a lot of nights in those days where go the, the governance doesn't do the management. Um, the governing board minds the big picture, looks at the overall idea and relates to one person, to the senior pastor, to kind of make sure that we're getting done what we want to have done, but not too worried about how it's done. I don't know if Brian has, that's kind of a overall, I don't know if Brian has other observations on that. I, uh, yeah, that's well, I'm not going to go against the guy that teaches governor. <laughs> but that, I agree with that. The governing board keeps an eye on the 30,000 foot view. We're also there. I mean, the policies very clearly, if you read them, there are limitation policies. Mm -hmm. So one of the jobs is to make sure that the limits of the senior pastor are being observed. And that's not like we're police, but it's, it's just a good thing to have. It's it. I think it, it uh, protects the pastor and it protects the congregation. So there's a good but hard line, I think, sometimes. In some churches, I'm sure it's really tough, but in this church, it's not. But anyway, I think there's a good separation there in the policy manual that talks about what the pastor can do, and that's a lot of things, and what they can't do, and that's a fairly small amount of things. And it's just a safeguard both parties, I think. It's, yeah. In our yeah. conversation with uh, Bonnie, uh, the previous one for this, she was talking about from a book that we read uh, about church governance, kind of equating it to um, uh, in, a, in a football game, the, the referees off the field, kind of in the, in the, the, the press box, you know, mm -hmm. making the um, review of the plays sort of thing. So not even the ref on the field, not the coach, not the players, but just saying, you know, okay, let's, let's um, get that high level view and make sure that that the game is functioning the way it ought to be not game but you know the the, the activities are happening as they as they ought to 
Um, but I thought that was a helpful uh, way of kind of depicting it like we're talking about. Yeah, I wish I'd thought of that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, you know, just to be uh, clear, so as Brian was talking about these policies, we have a congregational policy manual. And the upshot of that is, just like Bonnie was saying, here's, here's kind of what's off limits. Here's where we want to end up. Here's what's off limits. And each of these policies help to govern what's, what goes on, govern, not manage. Mm. And I think like uh, the old fashioned governors on U-Hauls, I don't know who remembers that, but if you rented a U-Haul, you could only go so fast because there was a governor on it. And uh, these policies kind of govern that. So, so it, it, in a lot of ways, it's like the Ten Commandments. Okay, you can't do that, but you can do everything else. Here's what you can't do. And, and I have yeah. to say, um, I think this is true with um, uh, elder chairman and board chairman. Uh, each one brings a unique contribution. And Brian's had a great contribution. I think he thinks he's sometimes a thorn, but he has been terrific to really keep us on those policies. He's taken us to another level of, of making sure that if it's there, we're, we're doing it. Or if it's there to not do it, we're not doing it. He's, he's been terrific on that, on that detail. Thanks. Amen. <laughs> well, Brian, are there things that, that you think the congregation may not understand about our governing board, what they do, how they function? Uh, well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure there are. And I think honestly, we, we covered most of that right here. Um, basically I've had questions like, well, can you put this in the budget or, you know, it's the stuff that pastor Davis and his staff does. We are a different kind of board. We don't manage the church day to day. And that's probably the biggest misconception people have. Um, other than that, I, 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 uh, well, here's the way I like to look at it. And this isn't going to probably add anything new, but we're a we're a volunteer, right? And we spend hours a month on the governing board. Uh, the pastor, senior pastor, is going to spend. I mean, you guys can tell me 40, 60 hours. I don't know how many hours you spend doing don't the business. Don't tell Pastor Sutton. Don't tell him. <laughs> yeah, I never <laughs> got to see a count before I said yes, but. <laughs> that's that's on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how Brian is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the pastor spends their life worrying about the church, where it's going. And I think the, the uh, power, the, the responsibility, the opportunity, the it's a good thing that the pastor is the one that's the CEO. I, that's kind of one of the terms I use. They're the people driving the church. The governing board does its thing for a few hours a month, and the pastor and his staff does, does the rest. So I think it's a good, well, to me, that's a good way to sort of understand not only that's what the governing board acts, but that's why the governing board acts the way it does and keeps its hand off the day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, if I can say, Brian, I think that's uh, uh, really well said in, you know, just how you, how you um, uh, frame that, that the board's only together for a few hours and that the pastor and the staff are spending a lot more hours, but that, that that board coming together is crucial to just sort of be checking under the hood. What is the oil pressure? Uh, how's this system working? And that it doesn't it's not even in a position to do any more than that. 
but doing that is crucial to the health of the of the congregation. Yeah, that well said, Brian. Uh, how about uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in the ministry as a whole? You know, you're you're really in on responsible for an area. You're involved in other areas. Any kind of overall observations about our life and the Spirit's work? Well, like uh, I do lots of times. I mean, so I actually Googled, how do you tell the Holy Spirit is work in your church? Because, you know, we've talked about this in the King of Conversations have had it, but I came across an article that was pretty good. And, and not surprisingly, the author puts it in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not going to go through them all. I'm only going to take a couple. But one of the things it says is, uh, are you working for others? And, and that's easy to see. I mean, our church has Community Kitchen. It has a coat bank. It has VBS. It has the Kiswahili, uh, Kiswahili ministry. It has so many outreaching things that you could say, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit has St. Luke at work for others. And, and uh, I think that's really just so cool. Um, and the other one, I'm, again, I'm willing to do a couple, so talk about joy. And, and do you see joy and do you see Christ-likeness in, in what's going on at, at St. Luke? And, and I think, again, that's really easy. St. Luke is probably, well, not probably, it is the most friendly church I've ever visited or been a part of. Uh, Marianne and I looked at a couple different churches when we moved here, and it was so obvious. I mean, Pastor Davis knew our names and knew we were from after like the second time we visited. And the same with you, Pastor Sutton. You, it was obvious you were trying to make a connection with us from the start. The Martyrosians were behind us as we came out of church one time. You talked to us about Chicago. They have uh, a son that lives in Chicago. They invited us to their growth group. And, and, and so we joined. And that's another part of the joy. The, the, the joy in, in being a part of a growth group, if, if people aren't part of one, it really added so much depth to, to our life at St. Luke. You make friends, you learn what's going on, you have an opportunity for Bible study. Uh, and then one more example. Marianne and I and, and our daughter and her family uh, were at the uh, five o'clock uh, Christmas Eve drive-in service, and uh, it was cold. Uh, and there were two guys that looked like they were frozen, walking around, talking to people in their cars, and it was you two guys. <laughs> and even though you looked like you had been frozen and probably were after being outside at three o'clock, there was a joy in your face as you welcomed people to have another opportunity to worship. We had an outside worship. We had a drive-in worship. We had an in-person worship. It's just that kind of, uh, I don't know, I was going to say coolness. It's, it's, it's that kind of, uh, it's an obvious that we want to give every opportunity for people to worship in any way possible. And that's, I think, clearly the work of the Holy Spirit. So. Now, I can't Thank speak you guys for Mr. And... Davis, but uh, I had long johns on Christmas Eve, so I wasn't that frozen. <laughs> mm. yeah. Ask me no questions, I tell you no lies. <laughs> there you go. We won't, we won't ask. Well, Brian, this has been awesome. I love your reflections, uh, especially that last one on the Spirit. And how do you know the Spirit's at work? Well, what does God's Word say about the work of the Spirit? So thanks for that, and thanks for taking the time and the service you offer to the church. 
and um, just yielding up your talents uh, to, to the greater good uh, of God's kingdom. So thanks for being here. And Pastor Davis, you want to close us in a word of prayer? Sure. Let's pray. Father, uh, I give you thanks for Brian and his service on the governing board and the others that are serving on the governing board and the others that have served in the past, uh, kind of behind the scenes, but just very crucial uh, part of our uh, congregation. So thanks for him, the others. We pray that you continue to raise up the right people for that ministry. Uh, watch over our congregation. Uh, bless it that it might be a place where always people continue to grow in knowing the peace and the power of the cross that uh, helps make a difference in the community and the world around us. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.